Hey, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Future Brew right here on maizeandbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. We've got a lot to get to today, so I'll just uh, get right to it. Uh, we've got Stephen Ostentoski with us today. John Simmons is uh, out of it for this week, but he'll be back next week. So in the meantime, Stephen, how you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. I think this is the first time it's just me and you, Vaughn. So no longer. Right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so I, uh, I got some big shoes to fill. Feeling a little nervous today. We'll we see. Bro- we broke up the the Vaughn and John uh, bandwagon, I suppose, or whatever yeah. you were calling it earlier on. Um, I should yeah. just do my best impression of John to uh, <laughs> try to replace him. Uh, John is irreplaceable. He's one of a kind. So hopefully yeah, we get him. Hopefully we get him back next week. But uh, <laughs> until then, we've got a lot to break down. So let's just get right to it. We'll get to some official visit news later on. I want to start first with a uh, commitment via the transfer portal that happened on Monday, and that is from former Jackson State wide receiver Dalen Baldwin announced his commitment to the University of Michigan, announced over uh, the likes of Ohio State, who also offered him just the day before Michigan did. It, It took all of a couple days for this to really unfold. He worked out in front of the Michigan football coaches this past weekend and Michigan offered him that same day that they had that workout with Dalen Baldwin and just took a couple days really to uh, get that commitment uh, over the likes of Ohio state. And he had a few other smaller schools offer him uh, CMU and Kent state, a few other uh, smaller schools too. So at six, three, two, 10 got a, Good mix of length, athleticism, speed. He kind of brings it all. And uh, this is kind of a homecoming kind of story, Stephen. Kind of nice. He's from Southfield, went to Farmington High School, then transferred to Mott High School in Waterford, was an unranked prospect in the class of 2017. Didn't really have a whole lot of recruiting attention. So he went on to play at Morgan State, did so for a couple seasons, and then transferred down to Jackson State. Uh, so he had a redshirt season because back then when he transferred, he couldn't play right away. So this past season was his first at Jackson State and uh, led the team in receiving, had 540 yards, seven touchdowns, 27 receptions, averaged 90 yards a game. They only played six games uh, in the good old SWAC conference. The Southwestern Athletic Conference uh, did all of that in 2020, was awarded the Newcomer of the Year Award in the swag. So really good stuff. Um, again, a homecoming kind of story. Those are definitely nice to see. And it's definitely nice, Stephen, when it turns out to be a pretty good player because he's got some potential here, has a couple years left of college eligibility. What do you like about this guy coming in here? They needed some uh, some bodies here at the wide receiver room with Nico Collins and uh, Giles Jackson, obviously transferring out. So uh, there was a, a, a receiver to be had and they sure got one in Dalen Baldwin. Yeah, it's interesting because I think Michigan has quite a few about of sized bodies similar to kind of Ronnie Bell or even shorter. You have Ronnie Bell, uh, you have um, AJ Henning, Roman Wilson, uh, some of these guys that are hovering around six foot uh, and more speedsters, more of the the quick twitch kind of guys. Uh, Cornelius Johnson was a top hundred. Uh, recruit, so he does have plenty of speed with uh, a little bit more size. But there's kind of a, a, a gap there left by Nico Collins. So getting a guy who's six three, you kind of look look back at 
you know, the 2017 class, it's like, how did this guy kind of, you know, fall out of, fall out of the recruiting rankings altogether out of, you know, Farmington. Um, kind of interesting that he wasn't on anyone's radar, but that's somehow, or that's how these things go sometimes. So, uh, I mean, yeah, he flashes a ton of one-handed grabs in some of the film I could find. Um, great frame to work with, good body control. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you need bodies just to be able to compete with one-on-one balls. And if you're constantly trying to go to uh, the Ronnie Bells or AJ Hennings of the world, you know, that's just not their repertoire. And I think that's something that Dalen Baldwin brings uh, right away that it, it's hard for anyone else on the roster. Who's not a freshman like Andrew Anthony or Cornelius Johnson to do. So uh, it's always nice to beat Ohio state for one of these guys, you know, it's like, he, oh, yeah, finally, right? he definitely, I think has the talent to have contributed at Ohio state, but uh, this is one of those situations where it's, you know, he's a grad transfer. He's looking for uh, playing time. And if you go to Ohio state, they're obviously a factory. So you're competing against um, quite a bit more bodies there uh, than I think a more favorable depth chart offers him at Michigan. So, mm-hmm. so I think it's, it's great for both parties involved. And I think it's, it's easy to see him at least a rotational piece with Cornelius Johnson on the outside Um, If they want to move Ronnie Bell to the slot, it just gives a lot more options for Michigan heading into the season where before it was like, all right, we got Cornelius Johnson. If we need another tall body, maybe Andre Anthony can make the early leap to the uh, starting rotation, but um, it just gives uh, a little more depth at the very least. And at best a uh, six, three playmaker uh, to your receiving core. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I think he's going to be in line for some pretty immediate playing time. You mentioned the ability to move Ronnie Bell into the slot. I think that's very key, being able to have Cornelius and uh, Baldwin out on the same time. I, I think that's certainly possible. And, and it's just good to get a, a veteran guy like him who's been around a little bit in with some of these younger receivers. They brought in uh, Christian Dixon and Andrew Anthony, two guys that certainly – would probably fit more into the realm of Baldwin's uh, wide receiver talents with the taller, lengthier receiver still have some speed there, but also for some guys who have seen the playing field a little bit, certainly expect Roman Wilson and AJ Henning to see the field a little bit more this upcoming season as well. So I think the ability for him to get on the field, kind of teach these guys the ropes, show them the ropes. And uh, I, I just really think with Nico now gone, Giles Jackson transferring and, we don't even need to get into the whole Xavier Worthy thing, but he's obviously not in Ann Arbor either. It certainly opens uh, a lot of possibility uh, for the offense this season. So I think that's a good get and uh, really quick on Michigan football's part to get him committed uh, to the program over Ohio State. You certainly like to see recruiting victories like that. Uh, it doesn't happen too often. So when it does, uh, I would imagine that the the fans of Michigan are probably uh, – Probably popping some champagne bottles tonight. So uh, let it happen. Uh, let let the juices flow and uh, we'll see how this turns out. I would expect this to be a, a, a certainly a positive thing here. So, all right, well, hey, let's uh, let's get to one more guy and then we'll get to some of these official visitors here. Um, I, I wouldn't call him an official visitor because he was camping uh, with Michigan this past week. But let's discuss a player. Michigan just offered him this past weekend, had a strong showing on the camp circuit. 
and that is 2022 linebacker Aaron Alexander. He's an in-state guy, plays at Belleville, grew up a big Michigan fan, and was just offered this past weekend after that second camp performance. He performed at the Fair State one a couple weeks ago, then went to Ann, Ar- Ann Arbor, excuse me, and got the offer uh, from Jim Harbaugh himself. He's 6'1", 205, is being recruited to play the inside linebacker spot now uh, in Mike McDonald's defense. And I spoke with him on a Sunday night, Stephen, about this offer. And uh, he told me that it's something he's been working for his entire life. And now that he has that offer, he said, and I quote, Michigan really is all I'm about. So I I think you can put two and two together there. Uh, He's not ranked, but plays pretty fast on film, plays for a good program like Belleville. So, you know, he's going to be coached hard. So, Stephen, what do you like about him and uh, what would he need to work on if he were to be a division one uh, football athlete at uh, the university of Michigan, if he were to commit to Michigan, which I think inevitably is probably in the works there. Yeah. It's, it looks like one of those recruitments where it's like other teams, even if he is, you know, a riser in the ranks, which you would expect him to maybe be a little bit with uh, Michigan uh, feeling like he's worth an offer there. So um, even with that case, you'd probably see other teams be like, well, you know, he's near Ann Arbor. It seems like it's, it's been his dream, as you said, uh, to get an offer to Michigan and play there. So kind of writing on the walls, if there's, if there's uh if it's committable offer, uh, seems to be, but uh, time will tell there. So I, I really like how hard of a hitter he is overall. That's what stands out quite a bit. Um, solid closing speed. I would say he has better acceleration and closing speed there than uh, his long speed. Um, you know, questions about, sideline to sideline speed, I think are, are plausible, uh, not necessarily an issue. Um, I think it's just the acceleration stands out to me more than his, uh, long speed or top speed. I should say, Uh, I think he needs to definitely improve stack and shed. It's one area I saw most where uh, he was looking more to avoid blocks or he gave up a little bit of ground before, uh, but before disengaging with that offensive player and making his way to the play. So I'd like to see him take on blocks a little bit more and power through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'll come with some time in the strength or yeah, in the strength and conditioning program, but uh, just something that showed up uh, overall good gap integrity um, shot gaps pretty well and was pretty patient as a linebacker, which you always like to see that shows higher IQ uh, when it's time to um uh, you know, to, to wait for an offensive player to decide on uh, which gap they're going to take and then uh, execute upon that. He showed that uh, continually throughout his film. Uh, thing I would like to see more uh, is just in the pass game. Didn't see a whole lot of film in him yeah. uh, in the open space there. Uh, so that's just kind of a to be determined. But I think stack and shed and strength overall, uh, you know, he's still pretty slight at a 6'1", 205. So it's a matter of what he'll grow into and, and how much weight you can put on as well as that technique. Uh, I actually liked him quite a bit at running back. I think the acceleration and patience that he shows as a linebacker also translates over to the offensive side of the ball. So he's got some some versatility there uh, moving forward as well outside of just linebacker. But um, it's definitely kind of crazy that only Marshall and Eastern Illinois were the teams that offered at this point. So yeah. I would expect him to be uh, kind of like a hot commodity in the Mac. Um, and then one of those guys, you know, who Michigan extends an offer to then. So it's a little bit curious, probably one of those guys who uh, would have benefited a lot from the camp uh, scene earlier, uh, you know, that obviously COVID uh, kind of, uh, you know, forbid 
for just a lot wiped of these guys. out. Yeah. 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 I, I think so too. I think you're going to see a lot of prospects like this start to pop up where they're not ranked. They only have a couple offers and then all of a sudden they start reeling in uh, programs like Michigan and maybe you'll get some Wisconsin's or Penn States or even Ohio State's thrown in there. I, I liked what I saw on film and I, I agree with all of what you said. I, I would like to see more out of the pass as well. And uh, like a prospect that you recently did a, a freshman feature on Tyler McLaurin definitely excelled in the pass game, uh, especially on the film uh, that you broke down, which uh, sh- uh, shameless plug, go to youtube.com slash maize and brew and you'll see that video, but would like to see yeah, more of that as well. <laughs> yeah. would like to see more of that certainly. And uh, just in general, I think, Alexander's probably going to be one of the more closely monitored prospects going into his senior season. Just because of this, he camped in front of these coaches twice. And obviously they liked him enough the first time to invite him to Ann Arbor for the second workout and clearly liked him still enough to offer him. So we'll certainly be interested to see how the senior season plays out. He plays at Belleville, like I said, plays for a good program in the state of Michigan. So I would anticipate him uh, continuing his solid play, but we will certainly see um, if any other offers roll through and uh, we'll, we'll be sure to uh, bring you all these updates uh, on mazebrew.com and on uh, future podcasts here. So Steven, let's get to these uh, official visitors because we've got quite a few uh, to roll through here. And uh, it, I think one of the headliners, we'll just start with miles Pollard. He, I think he was one of the headliners of the official visitors from over the weekend, Michigan, uh, really recruiting him hard under Mo Linguist and continue to do so under Steve Klinkscale. He's number 429 overall, number 39 overall cornerback in the class on the composite. He's 6'2", 185. He's from Tennessee. Uh, he's got a busy month of June ahead, man. He's he, just after this past weekend, visit Michigan. He'll be at Oklahoma this upcoming weekend and then Auburn the weekend after. So he's kind of going all over. Um, Want to mention one other guy who did not make it to campus this past weekend, who's another top target at the cornerback position. And that's Jaleel Florence from out West. I uh, talked with him and his trainer earlier today, told me that they had to reschedule uh, some visits here. So they're going to be, or uh, Florence, I should say, is going to be visiting Michigan now on June 25th, was originally supposed to visit Syracuse that weekend, but uh, that is uh, going to be rescheduled as well. Um, Again, another three-star cornerback. He's a number 386 overall. 6'1", 180 was offered by Courtney Morgan and the Wolverines back in April. Um, So we'll talk about him more at a later time when he actually does visit. But, Stephen, just for now, um, we we can just talk about the cornerbacks in general and Miles Pollard. Michigan's already got Will Johnson committed, obviously, five-star in-state guy. But they're going to need a few more to pair up with him. And, uh these two guys, Florence and Pollard, they seem like the most likely to do so. Jaden Gold is getting cornerback or uh, is getting uh, crystal balls to Penn State and uh, actually announced today that he's going to be making his commitment this weekend and it's going to be either be Penn State or USC. So Michigan's completely out of that one. So when it comes to these guys, Stephen, what do you like about them and what are the chances that U of M gets at least one of them, if not both? I think it's probably one of them. Uh, I going both is a little bit too bold for me. Uh, I like the size of all the cornerbacks Michigan's going after this year. Obviously uh, you have a taller cornerback already committed uh, and Will Johnson. Um, you have Miles Pollard, who's up at six, two and 
Um, Julio Florence is at six one. So it's interesting. All these guys have, you know, definitely above average height for cornerbacks. And um, for Florence, thing that stands out most is his speed. I mean, he's eleven point zero one hundred meter guy, which is a good good time. Is is two hundred meter at twenty two point five eight is is definitely really solid. Um, so to have that at above six one or at above six foot for a cornerback, that's really good to see. Uh, you also love to see, see the Columbia offer for Florence. So the uh, academics is there. And, um, you know, I think both guys would, I, I would take either one. And it's looking at both of them. I've always thought Miles Pollard, uh, I mean, his offer list is that of a higher four star, like around 200, even maybe even higher. Uh, I yeah. can see that for, for Pollard. Definitely guy with his skill set, his frame, just one of the more, uh, I would say baffling uh, rankings overall for him. Um, so he might get the nod and Michigan's definitely, uh, definitely treating him like their top target overall, regardless of, of position here. So uh, I think Michigan uh, probably has them one, two on the list uh, yeah. of remaining quarterback targets, but I think uh, Pollard would be the one that would be more likely at this point, just because of how long and how hard Michigan's really been in, in, um, pursuit of that uh that recruitment but things that thing that stands out more about Florence is sometimes you see these track guys and and their speed doesn't necessarily translate to the to the field I think it definitely does for him um and that long speed is is rare uh and when you add that to his size it also makes him an intriguing prospect um so to answer your question I would take both um I think Michigan gets one of them probably Pollard at this point um but uh but we'll see yeah, Florence, he's starting to pick up some steam here on the recruiting trail. Recently earned a uh, Washington offer, which to me, Washington is one of those schools that they've always, well, not always, but in recent memory have produced some very good cornerbacks who have went on to play pretty well in the NFL and got drafted early in the NFL. So you like to see that offer as a cornerback prospect. I, I really like Florence. I, I kind of like him more than Pollard, honestly, just watching them. And, and they're both great, uh, what they bring to the table. Like you said, um, the size that Michigan is going after these cornerbacks in this class. I definitely do like how they're all pretty much 6'1", 6'2". Will Johnson, he's like 6'2", 6'3", so, and has the speed to boot. So definitely like both of these guys, would definitely take both of these guys, like you said. Uh, and I think they would take both, I think if they end up getting three cornerbacks in the class, they would be perfectly fine with that. They had just one in this last recruiting cycle. So I would anticipate them wanting um, three cornerbacks, if not more than that. So we'll certainly see, but let's move on to another important position really in every recruiting cycle, Steven, and that's quarterback. And we've talked about Nate Johnson uh, ad nauseum at this point, but the California three-star was on campus this past weekend for his official visit. And he's been a top target for a little while now. He's 6'2", 183, is number 724 on the composite. Got a slight bump in the rankings. He was like in the 900s. So getting to 724, it's it's a little something. Um, but we'll certainly see what happens there. And I think a, a reason for this recruiting bump in the rankings is because of his recently I, I wouldn't call it great, but it was a good performance at the elite 11 finals uh, or regionals, I should say, which got him a spot on the elite 11 finals roster. So um, 
certainly got a lot going in this recruitment here after his spring season and now his performance at the Elite 11 uh, regional there. So with quarterback being kind of kind of open, I guess, at this point, Stephen, uh, for the Wolverines, where do you think he is on Michigan's board? And what are your overall thoughts on him as a prospect? Because I, I feel like he's kind of more of like a like a Denard kind of quarterback. Like he's got the speed. The arm isn't super flashy, but he can make some plays. What say you? Yeah, it's such an it's kind of an awkward position for for Nate Johnson, I think, with Michigan, because he kind of reminds me of a similar prospect in Joe Milton, where Joe Milton, it's like, well, he's a very athletic guy. You know, he's got the frame. He's got a lot of the attributes you want of a quarterback. But is he truly like a natural quarterback? He brings the athleticism we want. Uh, You know, coaches would probably be salivating with him uh, running the option just with uh, that Denard-like skill set. Not going to say he's the the next Denard because that's a very dangerous thing to say. Um, But you know what I mean. His his, his, he's truly a a dual threat quarterback, and uh, that's intriguing. But with kind of where Michigan's been at at the quarterback position as of late, um, taking a guy who you know, may not be a natural fit for the position. And I'm not saying Joe Milton's not the, uh, not, uh, you know, less than ideal, but, you know, I think Michigan wants to get to a ceiling and a more comfortable traditional quarterback may be a little bit more of the focus, I would say, rather than focusing on the ceiling, right? Because if Nate Johnson can continue on his good performance at the regionals for elite 11 into the finals, then sure, he's on a trajectory where he may reach that high of a ceiling. But if you're only taking guys year after year based on their ceiling, uh, you know, you need consistency out of a quarterback. And I think that's the number one question. So I I think this is still a recruitment to watch where it's, you know, how does he actually perform in a higher stress environment like Elite 11 finals? Uh, Will his accuracy uh, continue to be there? You know, that actually got him to, uh, that final event invite. Um, so, I mean, it, it's hard to state just how, how powerful of an athlete that he can be uh, in the right offense, in the right situation, but is that the direction Michigan wants to go after, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't necessarily a successful, um, successful similar operation that a lot of people saw for Joe Milton. So I think that might be uh, affecting maybe a little bit of delay here, right? Where it's like, we just want to see more. We just want to see consistency, make sure that yeah. uh, you have that before we move forward with you as our quarterback. So it's it's good to see that he got that invite to the finals though. That, that shows that, um, you know, th- those questions are being answered in the right way for Michigan and Michigan continues to be in a good spot, maintaining that contact uh, in the case that he does show that consistency moving forward. Yeah, if he ends up performing very well at this Elite 11 finals, I think he would more than likely be due for a significant boost in the rankings. He would be much higher than 724 overall. I think he would probably shoot up to fringe four-star status, probably somewhere in the 400s, maybe maybe the 300s, if he performs incredibly well. And yeah, I'm with you. I, I think... It's certainly an interesting spot for Michigan uh, this cycle with the quarterback because last cycle, I mean, J.J. McCarthy locked it in pretty early and uh, clearly never wavered from his commitment. And pretty much every other quarterback 
recruitment under Jim Harbaugh, it, it had been pretty locked up uh, pretty quick, um, you know, with Cade McNamara, uh, Dylan McCaffrey, uh, Joe Milton, you mentioned. This is certainly one of those cycles that we haven't seen in a while at the quarterback position. So I think taking their time is the smart move because they've got a couple other guys that they want to evaluate and get on campus eventually. So to get them on campus now on the official visit, I think was good. I clearly it looked like the visit went well from Nate Johnson's social media. So uh, yeah, I, I'm certainly intrigued to see how the elite 11 finals go. And if he does end up performing well, I would imagine that Michigan probably turns the heat up on him because they're probably in a very good spot with him at the moment. So, yeah. One final note, the, uh, the film from the, uh, the regional finals of elite 11, um, you know, our recruits are given shirts that have their uh, like a random number, right. So you can call them out or, or whatever it is. His number was seven, three, four. (laughs) <laughs> what are the odds oh, that man. you get Ann Arbor's zip code as your as yeah your, the uh, area code number. man yeah the so, seven, good old seven three four yeah if you're into any sort of you know I don't know what the right term is voodoo premonitions whatever it may be yeah here's your sign that's but, uh, that's it that is it I thought it was thought it was too too random because what are the odds of that so so we'll, we'll see. It w- I need to get a hold of someone at 24 seven and just have them bump him, bump him down just 10 spots to 734. There um, you go. Then we'd get real free for Yeah. Then, then we're kind of trying to hit the trifecta with that. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Um, let's move on to uh, honestly, probably another, I, I guess I would call him another big time official visitor, uh, four-star offensive lineman, George Fitzpatrick was in town for his official visit this past weekend listed at 6'6", 285 from Colorado, which is a place that Michigan's had some pretty good luck getting some offensive line, uh, offensive line help from, uh, the last few cycles. He's number 294 on the composite number 29 overall offensive tackle, in the class, he visited Ohio State the weekend before Michigan, and uh, he's got a few other trips set up for Florida, Oklahoma, and Oregon. So, Stephen, I, I think it's safe to say that he's probably one of the better offensive linemen on Michigan's board in this class. And at 294 overall, I think he's a bit underranked. I think with a good senior season, could probably bump him up a good hundred spots to the top 200. I think he's really got that potential, and I know that the evaluators definitely hone in on the left tackles first and bump down the right tackles, uh, I guess below the, the left tackles. And I think he's probably best slated for right tackle uh, at the next level. I I know he's kind of been a little all over in high school, but uh, what do you think? I mean, I I think he's a bit underranked at 294. Honestly, he, of, of all the names from this weekend's visitors, I think he uh, topped my list in terms of film um, that, that he showed. I think he is a top 75 overall. Recruit. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm that, I'm that high on him overall. Um, his frame is huge. I mean, he's 6'6", 285. Uh, there are multiple clips that there was a, a wide receiver screen uh, to the short side of the field. So just a one-step turn throw to the wide receiver, and he's operating as a right tackle and getting out to uh, like a cornerback or safety out on a wide receiver screen. So he can move 
extremely well. I really like his film in space, either getting to the second level uh, or on those screens or even pulling um, as a guard or right tackle sometimes in his film. Um, he was pulling from the right tackle position and that was uh, really eye-opening to me, his level of mobility. So uh, he pairs that with with pretty good get off, off the line. Um, and, and even at 6'6", I think with that mobility, I think he showed pretty good footwork. Um, I think you have to put him at right tackle just because I think he has such uh, great mobility there and he could even be a left tackle. I think he has the feet and the agility for it, but, but man, him as a guard, maybe his NFL potential would truly be there because uh, he can just move extremely well and he has really good body control. It's not like he's, mm -hmm. you know, just plowing through and not having uh, good control. He's able to, to wall off, uh, turn his body, turn defenders one way or the other, depending on the play. So um, I didn't see a whole lot of passing film. So his kick step as a tackle is obviously extremely important in an offensive lineman's uh, pass blocking film. Uh, so didn't see a whole lot of that. But from what I've seen in terms of him operating in open space, getting out to the second level to block, he has the agility uh, and, and decent footwork to make me optimistic in that regard. So uh, one of those guys where it's just like he's 6'6", 285 already. Um, you could see 20 pounds on him and he's already pretty close to what you need out of a guy to contribute. And those guys are rare. And um, he just carries that weight extremely well at that size. So in terms of his, his ceiling and his floor, they're both extremely high. And that's why I, uh, I honestly see him as, as close to a five-star talent um, as anyone on, on this uh, visiting list. So George Fitzpatrick is a name I'm going to be, uh, be looking at quite a bit to see uh, where his recruitment goes. Cause he's got a really good offer list. Um, yeah. But uh but yeah, I'm super high on, on his skill set. Yeah, I think he's really good too. And obviously any time that you have an offensive lineman uh, that's getting attention from Michigan, Ohio State, and, and I've, I would say Oklahoma is a pretty good O-line school as well in recent memory and Oregon. Uh, he's, he's getting attention from all those schools. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess a top 100, you know, like you say, it, could be in the works and and should be he, he should be higher than where he's at there's no question 294 that's much too low 29 overall offensive tackle in the class i i think he's much better than that and i think there's a chance for him to move up so yeah we'll certainly see what happens because i think he's really good and i think michigan needs a few um few more bodies uh, along the offensive line in this class they've got a one committed they're going to need a couple more and uh, fitzpatrick would be uh, certainly a good addition uh, to this class here. So uh, let's move on to a couple defensive players here, Stephen, who made their official visits to Ann Arbor this past weekend. We had three-star defensive lineman, Bo Atkinson, three-star linebacker, Jeremy Patton, and a three-star athlete who's being recruited to play linebacker. That's Tyler Banks. Um, Atkinson is a very interesting prospect, and we've talked about him uh, before, Stephen, at 6'6", 240, from the state of North Carolina, a fringe top 300 player in the class, has other visits lined up for Virginia and Cal later this month. But uh, it seems pretty open is it, in his recruitment and is, like I said, pretty interesting at the edge position. But uh, we've talked about his offensive film on a uh, past episode of Future Brew here, Stephen. So let's just talk about him real quick. Um, I, I, to me, you kind of just take this guy and see where he develops. If it's at edge, if it's at tight end, 
you just let kind of just roll the dice and see where he ends up best. But he was um, hosted on campus this past weekend by a brain McGregor. And uh, I believe Aiden Hutchinson was also in on that as well. And it's certainly a player that uh, quite resembles those two players at six, six two forty. I'm not sure if you saw the photo of all three of those guys, but it, it, it looked like a, uh, like an SNL skit or something. It was just, it, it, they were identical. I mean, it was like, they were all uh, like triplets, but uh, what do you think about him as a prospect, Steven? I, I know you liked his, uh, his film at tight end. So let's recap that real quick. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny. You mentioned how similar he looks to Hutchinson and McGregor. It seems like Michigan just keeps cloning these guys. Cause we said the same thing when, For real? when McGregor joined and he looked just like Hutchinson and uh, just keeps it going. So hopefully we can keep the, uh, keep the like six, six, two forty guys, um, you know, coming. Cause get those, all those, those guys those and get all, rare. all the Glasgow's too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And then you got a team, but, uh, but yeah, I still, <laughs> I still do like his, um, his ability at tight end. Uh, you know, I, I think he's intriguing as an edge prospect and exactly what you said, you throw him in the weight room, you see what you get at the other side, right? He played lacrosse. So he's a, a multi-sport athlete there played both ways. So, you know, he has the motor. He definitely plays with that motor, uh, on the defensive side. That's pretty evident. Um, I, I just think, him as a blocking tight end has stood out to me. His blocking ability, I think, is uh, is above his level than his pass rushing ability. So there's something about him being able to stay engaged as a blocking tight end and finish those blocks that stands out to me a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, than, than him off the edge. So I didn't see that uh, the quintessential bend that everyone talks about uh, as an edge rusher. I didn't see that. I saw the motor. I saw um, – a good ability with the hands overall, but I did think he pops out a bit uh, from his stance um, and combine that with, you know, not the, the, the top end bend that I'm looking for in, in an edge rusher and um, you know, add all that up. And I, I want to, I, I think he has a higher ceiling at tight end. Um, but I mean, he's got great size already six, six, two forty, And you're looking at a guy who could contribute extremely extremely early and i'm sure michigan is pitching that in his recruiting pitch um yeah and uh it seems like he he connected pretty well with the coaching staff and and everyone he's talking to is obviously for the defensive side so um you know obviously with hutchinson and mcgregor uh hosting that visit that's where they uh project seeing him early on but uh it'll be interesting Uh, you know if he can improve on some of those areas on defense um you know, I, I think he has a lot of potential there, um, but but uh, but we'll see. Lots of versatility. I think that's yeah. the one thing to keep in mind when a guy can play tight end, has that lacrosse uh, experience, um, has experience on the defensive side. You know, there's there's lots of room uh, for him to grow and uh, with focus to one specific area and one specific sport, mm-hmm. you see a more rapid development than a guy. Uh, you know, not in that situation. So even though there are some hesitancies I have as a, a pure edge rush guy, uh, it's not to say that he can't um, improve in those areas. Well, I think it's safe to say that these two other prospects too, that we'll talk about here now are uh, also versatile prospects with both of them kind of being in that athlete realm, Jeremy Patton, uh, being a, a linebacker prospect from the state of Texas, Michigan's recruiting him to play linebacker, but he, he's an offensive weapon too. plays a little bit of receiver plays a little bit of running back. 
Uh, but they are recruiting him, George Hilo, and, and the Wolverines are recruiting him to play linebacker. He's 6'1", 210. Um, it really seems like a long shot for him. Getting him on campus is a good sign. Shows that he has at least some interest in the program, but there were <laughs> – I'm pretty sure there was a crystal ball that was thrown into the state of uh, – or for uh, the Texas Longhorns when he was visiting – Ann Arbor this past weekend. So that it's probably not a good sign when that happens, but I mean, getting them on campus at the very least uh, is at least some, some decent progress there. And then Tyler Banks being the other athlete also being recruited to play linebacker. He's not in even in the top 1000 on the composite, but he's got some good offers. Uh, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Virginia tech, Kentucky, Virginia. He's got a few others as well. He's six, one, two fifteen from the state of Virginia, pretty interesting prospect. He would probably be slated for that inside linebacker spot that uh, they're also recruiting Aaron Alexander at who we talked about earlier. Um, seems like they really want to upgrade that spot too, with all these offers that they've been given out this cycle. Um, so yeah, just a few versatile defensive prospects there, Steven, uh, just want to get your thoughts on those two guys and, and where Michigan stands with them. I, again, I, I don't think they really have much of a shot with Patton. I, I know getting the official visit in was good, but for a Texas crystal ball to be thrown in when he's in Ann Arbor, it's just not a good sign, man. Yeah, it's tough. That's tough. And um, I feel like it's kind of similar to a guy like, uh, like we talked about earlier, um, the linebacker in, in, in state uh, Anderson. Um Alexander, Aaron Alexander, Alexander. Yeah. Aaron Alexander. Sorry. Yeah. Um, kind of a similar case there where it's like, well, when Texas is, is coming calling to him, it's kind of like, okay, well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what we do here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I think Tyler Banks, uh, he was an interesting watch for film for me. He's a big academics guy, which, you know, obviously is a good thing for Michigan uh, to be taking a look at there. Uh, super intriguing film. Uh, I, I see the linebacker potential there. Uh, I see a lot of H back potential as well. Um, thick build at six one. He, he looks extremely powerful. And that's the word that kept coming to mind when watching his film. He's a little raw and a little out of control <laughs> in, in his technique wise on defense. Um, but the good side of that is that he, he plays real hard. <laughs> and when he makes contact, he, he definitely affects people. Um, He's another one I know Virginia Tech, um, you know, is going pretty hard at. Uh, he The only crystal ball out there is on Virginia Tech, so you're going to have to pry him out of, um, out of Virginia there. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I really like – I think he's even a little bit more uh, athletic uh, compared to, to Patton. Um, where Patton, I think, looks more like a safety that will grow potentially into a linebacker. You know, they're both kind of recruited as a linebacker, but I think Banks is more of like that true linebacker guy who could even um, be an H-backer or running back type uh, player on offense if he wants. And we have one more final official visitor for this past weekend, and that was Jack Velling, an unranked tight end. Uh, from Seattle, he is 6'5", 225, has uh, a few other notable offers from Utah, Arizona State, Oregon State, Minnesota. Um, 
So with, with that in mind, Michigan's clearly going after a second tight end in this 22 class. They haven't taken two tight ends in one class in a li- it's been a little bit now and uh, they're in it for a few guys, but Velling, I feel like they may have the best shot with him recently offered guy already took his official visit. Not many other great offers. I, I feel like it's kind of all there for Michigan to take advantage of Steven. What do you think? Yeah, it seems like it's lining up pretty well. Um, and I just, he's another guy. I know I was talking pretty high on uh, on George Fitzpatrick, but he's another guy with a 6'5 frame. He's 225, and uh, he looks extremely fast for his speed. Um, it's, and I know we keep saying that there's all these guys who are just unranked where it's just like, what, like, what are they looking at? And um, you know, he's a three-star to, to 24 seven sports, but in, in rank 55th overall tight ends, but he brings such a high floor, um, where he's your true inline guy. Um, he, I like his, his footwork overall as a blocker. I think he could improve his hands a little bit. Um, but then he, he can, he can really run a, a route pretty well. Um, I think he's, he's got both, uh, both sides you want, you know, it's not just a tight end who comes in as a pure blocker that needs to improve his hands. Um, he seems pretty natural as a pass catcher overall. Um, and he can catch away from his body as well. So to have a guy like this, who doesn't even have a composite ranking, um, you know, you mentioned it, Michigan, uh, I think is definitely one of the top offers on his list. Um, another guy where, uh, previously I had mentioned, uh, a couple academic guys, and uh, you can add him to this list here with Yale offered. Yeah. Um, another great t- thing to see. Um, mostly uh, West offers, right? You got Oregon State, Utah, Arizona State. So it's a guy who's definitely regional, obviously, with Washington. Um, but if he's willing to leave that West Coast, you know, sometimes you got to ask the question why have other teams, you know, Minnesota's really and Yale are the only ones who have. Um, kind of broken that mold of, of being West Coast offers. So it'll be interesting to see um, what kind of role that has in his recruitment. But, um, but it, it's good that, that Michigan is, you know, at, at this point, top of that um, quality of offer. Um, and and uh, I, I think they have a real shot here. Yeah, I, I <clears throat> excuse me. I think so, too. Um... I just think it's kind of just all out there for Michigan right now with the need for another tight end in this class. And I think that they've got some options. Obviously Oscar Delp is, is the number one guy that I would imagine that they're still going after in this class. They were really the first big time. I think they were the first overall offer for him actually. And uh, they're still in it, but to me, it seems like it's more of a, an sec kind of thing for him, whether it be Georgia or uh, Alabama, I would imagine it's probably Georgia, uh, the in-state school there for Delp. But they've got some other options as well. Uh, they still got Marlon Klein committed at, at 6'6", 215. So you, you've got some some options there. Colston Loveland's another guy uh, uh, at the tight end spot. But Jack Valling, to me, probably seems like the most realistic at the, at this time at the very least. And I would imagine that Michigan would probably be okay taking him in as uh, just a, at the very least, a guy that you, you get in, you develop and you see where it goes. He doesn't have to be a star by any means. Um, 
hot take alert. You probably don't need to start the tight end position anyways uh, in football anymore. So um, <laughs> you can disagree with me, with me on that if you want, but uh, uh, I'd rather have them go after like a four-star top 100 running back or receiver than, than tight end. I, I think they would be okay with uh, a guy that he's not ranked right now could eventually be like we talked about earlier. I feel like, some of these guys are, are going to start kind of uh, coming out here uh, as being unranked, getting a little bit uh, on the camp circuit with, with their senior season. COVID kind of killed a lot of all of that. So, yeah, um, and it, it goes both ways, right? How long it, it's the most interesting case this year of how long does Michigan wait before making an offer committable? Uh, what does that list look like of okay this is the guy at the top of our list but more than ever a lot of these offers and and jack velling's one of these guys that it's just he's just not going to be where he's ranked right now he's going to rise other teams will notice and he'll get more offers and it's going to be a huge case where a lot of these recruits are going to be later in their process here of waiting to see you know what kind of offers can i get you know, it just took longer for schools to be able to find me and, and be able to really view my skill set. Um, it's going to be an accelerated timeline of, okay, how long do I wait to see what offers come in and, and when do I uh, pull the trigger and, uh, and commit this? And mm-hmm. where previously maybe that was, uh, you know, some months that both programs and players could uh, figure that out as it's getting closer here. You know, it's, these are 2022 guys. Uh, you're looking at weeks and, and closer to days for some of these guys too. So it's going to be an accelerated timeline. And more than ever, I think this summer, you're going to see just ascension in rankings and offers oh, yeah. uh, extremely quickly. And it's going to be uh, extremely volatile. Um, and I don't mean that as like a, a bad way. It's just going to be uh, extremely quick in terms of adjustments from both players and uh, programs and, and how quick things will change um, because of the shortened, uh, shortened gap, um, that a lot of these players get found to where they ultimately will be ranked, um, when the services appropriately do so. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely crazy. And I'm going to be curious years down the road, how many of these guys went from unranked to maybe ranked, or maybe they stayed unranked and then ended up going still to a good school, um, and, and end up being a contributor in the NFL or even get drafted into the NFL. I'm, I'm very curious to see how, how all of that works out way down the road. Um, but that's, yeah. that's a conversation we had probably 10 years from now. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll cross that bridge once we get there. But one more guy I want to talk about, and then we'll uh, uh, call it a wrap for today. Unranked defensive tackle. Speaking of unranked, uh, Kenneth Grant also visited Michigan this past weekend on an unofficial visit. So there is opportunity for Michigan to get him back on the university's dime if they so choose to. And if I were them, I would want to get him on an or on an official visit. Uh, he's 6'4", 335 pounds. So he is a big boy. He fits that bill for what they're looking for at that D tackle position moving forward. Uh, he's got an Ohio State offer. Uh, he got offered by them a couple weeks ago. Also has Wisconsin, Illinois, Nebraska, Purdue as more of the Big Ten, the regional ones. And he's got a few other uh, Mac schools uh, to offer him as well. So, again, he might be unranked, but 
he probably won't be for long. 24-7 already has him as a three-star, as an 88 overall. And I think I think once you hit 89 is when you get to the like four-star, kind of fringe three-star-ish area. So I would imagine Michigan's probably somewhere near the top of his list. Um, I mean, if you're just going based off blue blood, I mean, Ohio State, he's probably very interested in. He got that offer after he camped at Ohio State. He willingly went to Ohio State to camp to get that offer. So that shows how interested he is in the Buckeyes. But um, so they could be a a tough team to beat. So what do you see from Grant that, uh, Stephen, that makes him such a force on the defensive line? I mean, he's huge. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> that's, the, that's the biggest thing. At 6'4", 335, um, it's, it's really fun. It, it's just the most fun film uh, that you'll watch. There's, there's a play about 30 seconds into his junior film where he uh, strips the ball uh, from the quarterback, I believe, and he runs it back like 50 yards and then just stiff arms this poor, you know, 160-pound uh quarterback into the ground as he goes in the end zone and it's just the funniest looking thing in the world um yeah i mean he's he runs incredibly well for such a big guy and he's one of those guys where you know sometimes you'll look at a defensive lineman and be like well he just needs to grow a little bit he does need to grow <laughs> but um <laughs> as he sheds some weight you know i don't know if i think he can probably shed uh 15 pounds or so and that he can operate at 320 at that height. Um, and that'll be perfect, but that speed already, uh, really weird to watch. That's it. it looked it looked unnatural <laughs> for a guy that big, uh, to show that kind of closing speed and pursuing plays. That's really tough. Yeah. Um, and, and he has some offensive film too, which is, um, impressive if, if he's able to contribute on both sides at that size. So, uh, showed off a pretty solid swim move that I could see. Um, so to have that size and still make offensive linemen miss, um, you know, probably a little bit embarrassing <laughs> for those offensive linemen to miss, to be uh, missing, excuse me, such a big body like that. Yeah. Um, so, so he's got both the brute strength at that size and nimbleness. Um, so, so we'll see. The biggest question I think always with these guys is what their durability is. Um, how consistent can you be play to play mm-hmm. at that size? It's, it's just tough. Um and I think it's actually at a collegiate level, um, you, you know, you'll be able to rotate a little bit more than he probably does at the high school level. But, uh, I, you know, you can slim him down a little bit, but you, you don't see that speed. You don't see that nimbleness on a lot of defensive linemen, especially ones that are uh, the size of. I was going to try to make a joke of, of two recruits that I could add together for their weights. Oh, the size of two <laughs> cornerbacks. If you merge two cornerbacks. For sure. You get a, a one Kenneth Grant. So really intriguing prospect. And you mentioned, um, you know, some some solid uh, solid offers on that list. It's, you know, we, we will say it. We say it all the time. We'll say it again. It, his ranking doesn't make sense. And um, Michigan should approach him as a five star because of how rare uh, these these bodies of this size are with that skill set. Yeah, it's pretty insane how. Uh how, <laughs> how many guys we're talking about that are just unranked and uh, haven't had uh, the, the proper adjustments given to them yet. I would imagine he is certainly one 
that uh, will get one eventually. It'll come eventually. I'm not sure entirely when, but you would imagine him. And Jack Valling will get his as well. But Kenneth Grant, I mean, like you said, it's a fun film watch, man. I mean, you could just... Yeah, I would I would go to a movie theater and pay to watch that guy uh, destroy people for for an hour and a half and uh, on a football field. Uh, it's just fun to watch. And uh, the dude's huge. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, go watch that film. It's crazy. It, it is. It is just awesome. Uh, some of that stuff that he does. And you're right. Uh, the fact that he's able to make guys miss at three thirty five is just it, it's insane to me. It, it is absolutely insane to me. And uh the speed that he has, it's just, it's crazy. And I, I don't want to rave about him too much uh, here because, uh, you know, our luck now that we're talking, talking him up, he'll probably end up a Buckeye, but uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens if, if they're able to get him back on an official visit. I think that would definitely go a long way in the, in the recruitment. I think just getting him on the unofficial goes a long way in the recruitment. The fact that I, he, he went to Ohio state on the unofficial to camp there. He goes to Michigan not long after that uh, on an unofficial. So he's clearly interested in both programs. So you got to roll out the red carpet if you get him back on an uh, on an official visit and uh, just see where it goes there and just, you know, hope and pray that something works out with either him or Walter Nolan or one of these other D tackles that they're going after because they need at least one, if not more, because it's like we've talked about. It's a spot that's been an issue for a little while uh, at Michigan, uh, that interior defensive line. So uh, we'll certainly see what happens with all of these uh, recruitments here. Uh, but that's everybody. That's uh, that's everybody that visited this past weekend. And we certainly have a huge one uh, in the works for this upcoming weekend. So we'll we'll be back next week to talk about all those guys. But for now, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. And Stephen, where are you at, my friend? At Stephen Toski. Follow Maze and Brew on your favorite social media platforms. Go check out Steven's work on the YouTube page. Dishing out content left and right all the time. Live streams, all that good stuff. Be sure to like and subscribe. Rate all of our podcasts with five stars. We'd really appreciate it. And check out all of our stuff. Uh, all of the podcasts on the Maze and Brew Podcast Network. We really appreciate it. So until next week rolls around with uh, Victor's Weekend, uh, we will be discussing that in full next week hopefully we get john back on the pod Uh, but until then for steven i'm vaughn talk to you guys next week go blue